Welcome to the Athletes in Action Kansas State Campus Podcast. Athletes in Action is an international sports organization focused on equipping athletes and coaches to grow in their relationship with Christ and multiply their lives into others. Our ultimate goal is to see a Christ follower on every team, in every sport, in every nation. If you missed our last weekly meeting or are just checking out the community, we hope this podcast encourages you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the first uh, K-State podcast. This is exciting. Um, we have Michael Turkvik, most commonly known as Turk, here. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> um, Stephanie Lusardi. Hey. Regional Director. You want to say a little something? Uh, Regional Director, AIA, and I direct our Ultimate Training Camp, which some of you may have gone to, and I live in Kansas City. There we go. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> um, then we have Randy Hepner. Hey, glad to be in Manhattan, Kansas. It's been a great visit. I, uh, I serve along with my coworker right here beside me, Nick Casaluccio, as a campus field ministry director uh, over our campus ministry with Athletes in Action. Based out of? I am in Orlando, Florida, and as we speak, there is a hurricane headed that way. So you're probably listening to this post-hurricane, <laughs> but you can still pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, Nick Castelluccio. Yes, I'm Nick Castelluccio, and as Randy said, I'm his co-worker working with Campus Field Ministry. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, so very excited to have them here today. Um Yesterday, we had our weekly meeting, and Stephanie Lusardi went through her testimony, which was awesome to hear. Um, do you want to just kind of hit the main points of that? Oh, wow. Well, yes, I can do that. <laughs> um, I basically just talked about some of my childhood and how I struggled with wearing a back brace for scoliosis and how that was like super hard just going through sixth, seventh, eighth grade and part of ninth grade wearing that. and kind of what it just did to a middle schooler when kids are a little bit of bullies, you know, and and can treat kids bad anyway. And then you add me wearing a back brace onto that. And it was just hard. And I briefly talked about not wanting to live anymore and how I worked through that um, after I went through college and hit rock bottom again. And yeah, and then decided to turn my life back to Jesus after that. I don't know if you'd like more specific. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember one of the things you said was um, like just kind of different points where you either gave control to God or took Mm -hmm. control um, for yourself. So um, what kind of changed ultimately to draw you back? Mm, That's good. Yeah, I would say um, because I was mad at God from my childhood, I wanted control of my life in college and I wanted to do it my way. And I realized after four years of trying to control my own life that I really can't do it very well. (laughs) And so um, I, like I said, I hit rock bottom and I just, I felt the Lord drawing me back in, you know, like it's, it's probably time to come home because I can do this better than you. And um, yeah, and the Holy Spirit can draw us in for sure. So I, I finally listened to that and stopped running from God and trying to control my own life and yeah rededicated my life I would say at 23 years old so could you share the specific story of when you're a child with uh, scoliosis and you have the back brace yeah. 
and just that night that at night, home. Yeah. So like I shared last night, I um, basically started wearing the brace when I was in sixth grade. And um, yeah, sixth, seventh, eighth grade were really hard. And by the time I got to eighth grade, I had wanted to commit suicide. I hated life and just was really angry with God. So one night I went down um, into our kitchen. It was like around midnight and it was after everyone had gone to bed and I grabbed one of the biggest knives in the, in the kitchen that I could find and I thought that's the way I was gonna end my life. And so I started counting down at 10, and I, 10, nine, eight, seven, and then I got to six and a light upstairs turned on and it was my mom and she was trying to figure out where I was and I didn't answer her at first but um, the second time I did, and I remember thinking, okay, God, if you're going to save my life, you better have a good reason for it. And I didn't know what that reason would be, but now that I'm looking back on my life, I'm like, I mean, my life's pretty cool now. <laughs> <laughs> I get to do ministry for a living, and um, I'm really glad that God saved my life that night and that I get to share my story with a bunch of college students all over the nation and sometimes even the world when we get to travel. So, yeah crazy but i'm really glad god was in control in that moment yeah. and not me <laughs> thanks for sharing that story yeah. Yeah. it was crazy crazy yeah, it sure was. um yeah so what what do you do now like when things get tough um to keep going back to christ yeah that's another really good question um so one thing i didn't share last night is um even after I gave my life back to Christ, well, I did kind of share this part, but um, life has not been easy. And in the last two and a half years actually have been the hardest for me. And so about two and a half years ago, my dad passed away. And so I basically got to a crossroads again where I'm like, am I going to trust the Lord with my life when everything seems to be falling apart? Or am I going to you know, start controlling my life again by myself. And because God, I was mad at God for sure when that happened. But um, I chose to follow God and walk hand in hand with him through that really hard time. And I will say um, Philippians 4, 7, which it talks about, you know, the peace of God surpassing all understanding. Never understood that verse in my life until this happened. And I had read it before, but there's just something that happens when you let the Lord take your suffering. And so I think that's what I really had to trust because I was at a really low point again, right? And I just didn't know how I could continue to, to do every day when it felt super, super hard. And so I just kept praying to the Lord that he would take the suffering. Of course, he's not going to take it away, but he promised to walk through it with us. And there's just something that happened. Like I started feeling so much peace, even in the midst of really hard trials that were going on and so I don't know like I yeah and it's just it was really good and I it was like I understood that was going to be okay um yeah so and and then Paul also talks about in the New Testament consider it joy when you experience suffering never understood that either but here we are and I was going through it and I was like I think I'm finally starting to understand like as an adult what it's like to really suffer um like post rededicating my life to the Lord and how suffering is actually really good. Even though we hate going through it, it, it gets us closer to Jesus and it makes us more like him. So in all of that, I felt a ton of joy and peace, even though I 
totally wish my dad was still here. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Thing that I think that speaks to. I mean, everyone, but athletes mm-hmm. in particular, um, just because trials. It's like every practice can be a trial sometimes. And oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> how do you work up the ur- or motivation to keep going yeah. physically, but also like spiritually? For sure. And I would say college soccer really helped that physical part of it. <laughs> so being an athlete in college, for sure, you're working up um, endurance and trials, I would say. Right, right. for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, thanks for sharing that at yeah. AIA. and oh, here for today. having me last night. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. Um, so then, yeah, we also went through the G2X um, – spirit how to live a spirit-filled life um module and fun fun fact nick castelluccio actually had a hand in creating the whole g2x um curriculum uh so yeah what kind of you were telling me last night a little bit but what kind of led aia to want to create g2x so my pre, one of my previous roles is I was uh, leading our team in Chicago. And at the end of a given year, uh, one of the things that we were talking about is um, in discipleship, oftentimes uh, it can be haphazard. Uh, we were, I was talking to a couple staff and um, one staff guy said uh, when he started discipling somebody for the first time, the guy's name was Josh. And so he just decided to do the book of Joshua. And uh, I know one time... When I was uh, uh, in college, I started discipling a freshman, and um, we started studying Calvinism and Arminianism, which <laughs> just isn't what you need to study right. when you first are starting to walk with God. You know? It's really easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, we were on our AIA Chicago team, and we were kind of talking about this and looking at the things that we were doing, and you know, some, somebody was doing like a women's book, and somebody else was doing whatever was popular that year, Francis Chan, Crazy Love, or whatever. Right. And, um, and we thought, you know, we need something that um, is just more directed both towards athletes and just the DNA of athletes in action and uh, what we're about. And so um, we sat down and we started brainstorming different ideas. And, and the question we were asking is, um, if somebody is involved with us for four years, a college athlete, what would we want to make sure, if at all possible, that we absolutely did these things with them? And we started brainstorming. And then we asked a different question, like, what would we be almost embarrassed if they never heard this from us during right. their time in college? And, and so we just started brainstorming and putting all these things, you know, and, and over time, you know, we were thinking about things that were core to athletes in actions, things like evangelism and discipleship and walking the spirit-filled life and the gospel and really understanding the gospel and what Jesus did for us. And, um, we, as, as we as we got to that list, we, we almost everybody said those kinds of things, the word of God and sports, athletics, and how that impact, you know, so those things were on all of our lists. And we said, well, these are the things that we need to do over and over and kind of take those things deeper over time in, in this um, in this resource. And then then there were like one off kind of things, too, that we, we thought like, gosh, we're, we're working with college students. If we never talk about decision making in the will of God. Like that's a miss, you know, because they're asking big questions about life and what am I going to do? And um, if we never talk about alcohol, we're working with college students, you know, <laughs> that's a big deal. Uh, 
sexuality. Like you know, these are things that are on the minds and hearts of college students right now. Teen conflict, you know. So so anyway, the, so there are a bunch of one-off kind of things that like we have to have these these as a part of it as well. Um, and then the very end of it, um, one of the things that kind of came up in the process was um, one of the one of our staff guys was working with a swim team and it was about half believers, half non-believers. And so the, at the bottom of the app, if you scroll down, there's one called the recruiting visit. And that's kind of designed to go through the gospel of John for somebody exploring who Jesus is. Somebody that's never, maybe hasn't grown up in church, but is spiritually open and curious. Um, But it, it it is designed for kind of a mixed group so that there's application for people who want to grow in their walk with God, but also people that are just exploring for the first time. So that's, that was part of the, the tool as well as we started developing it. Yeah. It's been super fun to uh, go through in our weekly meeting setting of kind of reading through the passage and then breaking off into groups and going through it's really good content. Um, and yeah, like you said, like foundational, like these are the things you need to know. Um, well, Gwen, you probably noticed there's pr- not much content to it. That's one of the parts of it as well. That's is, true. It really is just open the Bible together and ask questions, you know, and so it's to discuss in a group. And so it's really designed for that interactive sitting across the table from somebody looking at the text and asking questions about each other in their lives, you know, and what's how, how to apply it to life. So, And there will also be a book. The book is coming. It's not out yet. Uh, It depends when you're listening to this podcast, but but the book is not out yet, but it's coming. Yeah, it's in process. And it really did create a lot of good content, or not content, but um, conversation last night. The guys were just loving it at my table. (laughs) And if I could interject, I know when Nick was kind of dreaming of putting this app together and putting this content in a very usable form, he shared they had a lot of volunteers at Chicago that had limited time to to give and this content the the G2X content is very transferable and it's easy to use there's not a ton of prep time it's a passage with questions and then application and so I think it's geared well for for people that have a limited amount of time in ministry to, to grab it and go through it with someone and give them really great content that's foundational for their spiritual life and their growth. And then they can pass it on to others. It's really very easy to use. So hats off to Nick and the Chicago team for creating this because it's, it's great, easy to use and really sets us up well to, to make disciples who make disciples. And uh, so great job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we we definitely appreciate it a lot. Um, what the lesson we went through yesterday, um, how to live a spirit filled life. I feel like that idea is very abstract in my head. Like, where where are the um, kind of steps that I can do? But there's not defined steps. Um, but yeah. What what kind of things does your spirit-filled life look like? Like what, yeah, what does that look like? I would say one of the challenges and one of the joys of the Christian life is it's so daily. <laughs> it, it's, it's so moment by moment. And, and I'll go walking through life and 
there'll be times when I blow it, when I have a lustful thought or a selfish thought, you know, whatever it might be. It might, maybe no one else even knows it's going on, but I do. And just the thought of stopping and what we call spiritual breathing, but confessing, uh, agreeing with God about my sin, thanking him that he's forgiven me already, and then turning away. I like to call it AT&T, call God, agree, thank, you know, trust and thank him that he's, he's done it. And, but it's so moment by moment, it's every day. Um, it's a daily practice in my life and just kind of keeping short accounts with God and you know, allowing him to, to direct and control my life, living that surrendered life. And, um, and it might look different every day too. So that would be my two cents. And I would just add, as it is a moment by moment thing, we also have the power to choose, you know, the fruits of the spirit. Like mm-hmm. we can choose patience. It's so hard to do, but being a believer, you know that the Holy Spirit gives you patience, so you can choose that and tap into the power of the Holy Spirit um, in those areas. And I think that's so hard to do. But as we're in the Word and as we're walking with God, um, I think maybe there, it's a little easier to choose those things. So that's just one thing I would add. One of the things that comes out in the passage is uh, we're not, we don't have to walk the Christian life by ourselves. God has given us the power in the Holy Spirit. And uh, the text itself, it was talking about the, the flesh and the spirit in an opposition to one another. And God's given us the power to be able to fight the flesh and reject that and to walk in the power of the spirit. And um, we were just talking about, because it says in Galatians 5.24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires that there's a sense of we're putting to death mm-hmm. those those desires in us that seek fleshly things and we're trying to live by the power of the Spirit and God's given us the power we need to do it. We just have to, as Randy said, tap into that, call on God and tap into that and that's how we can live a Spirit-filled life. <laughs> and a, uh, a girl in our group last night, she added one of the references was to a dog. Depending on what you feed that dog, it's going to grow and it's going to grow stronger and all these things. So the things that we let into our life that are in opposition to God's best for us is going to feed that dog. And so the process of starving that dog, he's starving something is still like, it's a process and it's going to take some time. And that dog doesn't want to go hungry either mm-hmm. was another thing mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I think a good place to start, at least for, for me, um, is knowing my identity. Um, who does, who does God say that I am instead of focusing so much on my problem mm-hmm. or my opposition to what he says is best focusing on who he says I am. I am his, I am chosen. I am redeemed. What does he say about me? And believing that can change everything about me. It can change my, my attitude, my perspective, my relationships. And um, so I feel like for me, that's a good place to start because I want to experience God's best in all the things. And so trying from a different perspective of 
who does he say that I am? Mm. And I think about this a lot with my kids because they are uh, making messes constantly. I have two toddlers. <laughs> they're just constantly making messes and they're not contributing anything. Like, um, I'm not like looking for their performance or anything like that to uh, breathe life into me. I know that and or just they're just making messes, but they're they're mine and they bring me so much joy just because they're mine. That is really cool illustration to think about and just how yeah, that's how God sees us like we're going to make messes and we're going to mess up, but um what he wants from us is a relationship, which that's powerful. Um so what what would you say to athletes that are trying to live a spirit-filled life and in a Division One context, in the daily grind, the pressures of, from coaches, teachers, whatever, what would you say to them? That's where what we were just talking about is the most important thing. Walk by the Spirit, you know, like trust God for his power to live the Christian life. Uh, like Randy mentioned earlier, it is a daily battle. And I, I think that... Um, for athletes in particular, it's, it's a challenge. And I'd also think the other thing that I always challenge people with is, um, athletes have limited time, you know, like Mm -hmm. with classes and practices, figure out what those down moments are that you can actually get a little bit of time in the word, you know, that you can spend with God. And it could be five minutes on the bus on the way to practice, or it can be, um, lunch, you know, or like, what are, what are those moments walking to class? Don't, don't waste that time. Like that's a time that you can go before the Lord and take, take your cares to him and, um, spend with him. And so what are those moments that you can trust God, walk with God and be empowered to live the spirit filled life? Mm-hmm. I think Stephanie's story speaks well to it too. Just don't give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just add to like, um, as athletes, we really want to perform and we want to do our best, but like you said, Gwen, like it's a relationship and God is our heavenly father and he forgives us when we do wrong. And so yes, we ought to do right, but there's going to be times we fail for sure. And, um, there is definitely forgiveness and there's do overs and you can start fresh the next day, the next moment, whatever it is. Um, so I think I wish I would have known that a little bit more growing up. And not that my parents did a bad job, but I just saw God as someone who punished me for doing wrong instead of someone who would give me grace and like right. love me through it. Um, so your view of God is definitely key also to walking in step with him. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That was the one, one big thing coming out of managing in the context of a Division One sport is – Oh my gosh, there's this thing called grace mm-hmm. that I can actually have. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so last question, kind of hope to ask every guest on this podcast. So what is something God is teaching you right now? That you can be developed through suffering and trials. Um, I think a lot of my leadership skills and my just development as a person has been really tried. <laughs> in the last two and a half years. And yeah, I, I feel like that's what Jesus did. He was in a suffering period and our suffering makes us more like him. And so I think that's what the Lord's really teaching me currently. That's awesome. 
I am uh, currently reading through Hebrews, and I've read it before, but a theme that I've really caught on to, particularly in the the latter part of the book, is uh, the theme that there's something better is coming, um, particularly heaven. And um, even when it looks at some of the great saints of, of past, you know, a lot of them circumstantially things worked out well, but for a lot of them it was not... (laughs) good they were sold into they were persecuted they terrible things um but there was something better coming and so i think just trying to live my life with an eternal perspective that you know there's going to be highs and lows to life here on earth um there's something better coming uh heaven's going to be awesome um and i i want to live with a heavenly perspective and how i talk with other people and where I'm pointing them towards. Um, so just trying to instill that into my daily life of something better is coming. Um, and I can look forward to, you know, the Bible says my citizenship is in heaven and I can eagerly await a savior from there. And I'm, there's, there's a balance of enjoying life here and looking for that something better. And uh, so trying to kind of walk in, in that. I've been reading through the Old Testament, and I'm currently in the book of Ezekiel, and the, the, one of the most recent lessons that I remember God really laying on my heart, it was in Ezekiel 33, and it says, As I live, declares the Lord, I take no delight in the punishment of the wicked, but that the wicked might turn from his sin and live. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it goes on in that chapter to talk about um, even, even if the righteous live, live by their righteousness, but they turn to wickedness, God can still um, judge and uh, step in. And if the wicked live by their wickedness, but then repent and turn from that and do right, like God will quickly forgive. And so that you get this picture of like God, God desires to show mercy. He's not, he doesn't take delight in punishment, but he, he wants us to walk with him. And so he's like abundant in mercy and grace and loving kindness towards us. He just wants us to turn to him. You know, that's his desire for us. So it's cool. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning and thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Athletes in Action Kansas State Campus Podcast. We hope this was encouraging to you. If you want to follow along and dig deeper, you can download the G2X app. See what else we're doing on our AIA K-State Instagram. For all you K-State athletes, good luck in your competitions, and we look forward to seeing you at our next weekly meeting.